0: So good to finally be here after forty uh, some days of preparation, right? As we've uh, Lent, many of us uh, here gave up a little bit of something, or maybe we added a little bit of something to our life to, to to prepare ourselves for this moment, to to build the tension of this celebration of Easter. I remember growing up and so often we I never I never paid attention to Lent and and that was okay, don't get me wrong, but Lent's not you know where everything is, right? You don't have to do Lent, but I never thought about it and it just kind of, Easter just showed up, right? It was just out of nowhere all of a sudden. It was Easter Sunday and I usually recognized it was Easter because I'd roll over my bed and there was an Easter basket, right? You know? Uh, but, uh, so Easter always kind of just snuck up on me, right? And it's always a different day of the year, right? It's not like Christmas where it's on the same day every year. It's always a different day and so, so Lent is so important. I enjoy practicing Lent because it builds me up for this day to to know that there's this tension in between where where the whole earth is waiting with bated breath for the moment when Jesus rises from the dead. Amen? Amen. Last week, I I spent some time in my message talking about uh, the tension at the time of Jesus in his life and, and, and the tension that the Jews felt as as they they saw this Jesus born and, and all the miracles and the and the amazing things that were going on and then this years of silence and, and then all of a sudden at 30 years of age he, he comes out and again there's just amazing stuff going on and miracles being done and word being proclaimed and disciples following him thinking that this is the guy, that this is the time when Israel is going to become this, you know, they're going to rule the earth, that Jesus is going to be their king, and then all of a sudden, Good Friday happens. And again, there's silence, and there's disappointment and despair, having no idea that on Sunday, Jesus would rise from the dead. Amen? So this morning, I want to take some time to, to build tension again, because I think in order to celebrate Easter, we have to understand the context We have to understand what it means. What does it mean that Jesus rose from the dead? You know, and and so what I want to do this morning is give us context of all of humanity. To, in a very quick message, run through kind of what is all of this about, right? Why did Jesus need to come? Why did Jesus need to die? Why did Jesus need to rise from the dead? And what does that mean for us just as human beings on this created world that we live in? So let's start from the beginning. In the beginning, God created. He he created the heavens and the earth, but here's the thing about his creation. He created good. And, And when it came to the pinnacle of his creation, he spends Five days creating all of these other things in the, in the world, and the sky, and the sea, in, in the plants, and the trees, and the animals, and all of this he spends. And then on the sixth day, at the very last, the last thing that he does, as the sun is beginning to set, he creates something different from the rest of all of his creation. He creates man and woman in his image. He he makes them different. He says, I want to have a relationship with my creation. I want to have something in my creation that I can show my love to and that I can receive love from. So this God, who is a God who is a loving God, created all of this around us, but he created humanity differently. He created humanity different than everything else, but it was the same as everything else in the sense that he created man and he created woman and it was good. He he created us good. He created us with the ability to live out the design that he had given us to live out. He he created us with all that we needed to live out the way that he designed us to live out. This is who God is. He created us good. But he also created us, because he's a loving God, he created us free. And this is hugely important, because if you're, going to be, if you're going to be a God who loves, then you have to create a people who are free, if you want them to be able to receive your love and also love you in return. So he created humanity with freedom. Freedom. Freedom to choose whether or not they would live the life that they were designed to live. Finally, if he's a loving God, and he is a loving God, he also had to make us relational. He had to make us in his family. See, because love can only be communicated in relationships. So that means if God is a loving God, and he wants to have a creation, a created being who is able to love him in return, there has to be uh, opportunity for relationship. So God made humanity in relationship, in his family with him. But also this loving God was a just God. And this comes out of his love as well. it's It's just a reality that if you are loving, then you also are someone who is just. A loving God would not just let evil happen. A loving God would not just ignore evil. And that is not the God that we have. He is a loving God, and because he's loving, he is also just. He does not ignore evil. He is not oblivious to evil. He knows what evil looks like. And because he is a just God, that means he also must destroy evil. He must punish evil evil. He must remove evil. He must take care of it. He can't just allow it to continue to persist and and exist. He has to at some point destroy evil. So we have a loving God who made us good. He made us free and made us in His family. But we also, because He's a loving God, He's a just God who recognizes evil and doesn't tolerate it, but instead will destroy evil. And so here's the question, what is evil? Evil is simply this, dysfunction. When his creation does not behave in the way that they were designed to behave, that is evil. When any time that cre- his creation does not do what it was created to do, then that is evil. This sets up the, the situation here. We have, we have a God who has created us good. He's created us free. He's created us in his family, but he's also a God who is just. And when we, his creation, choose with our free will to not follow his design, then we are in the category of evil. So this leads us to the realities of humanity. You see, because we were created good, free, and in family, but we also rebelled. We, We chose to not live the way that we were designed to live. Adam and Eve were the first ones to do this, And because of their sin, that sin has corrupted all of humanity. It has been passed down from generation to generation. And we all are born with this thing called sinful nature, this desire to sin that's within us. But it didn't stop with Adam and Eve, right? We all have had that experience as well. We have all chosen because of our will. We've chosen to do and go against the ways that we were designed to go. Right? We don't live out the way that God has designed us to live out. We rebelled against God. We corrupted God's design, and as a result, we are evil. We, we freely chose it, and as a result, we are guilty. We can't just blame Adam and Eve. We can't just say, oh, well, this is their fault. It's not fair that I get judged. No, no, we each have made that choice. And finally, we've also rejected the family. We've walked away from the family of God and as a result we are isolated. So that leaves us as humanity in a condition, a condition that, that went on for thousands of years, a condition where we were stuck in our sin. We were destined for destruction. That, that There was no chance for us to ever escape. That that destiny that we had with destruction was sure because we have a God who is just. And we are evil, and a just God destroys evil. So we are destined to be destroyed, but also we were continuing to be slaves to sin. Slaves to sin. See, God created us to be free. He created us to have the ability to choose. But when sin entered the world, when we chose sin, we lose our freedom. We lose, we become slaves to sin. And this is not the way God designed it. So we become, we, we enter this and we have no freedom, no ability to do any good. Finally, we are alienated from God's family. There's no chance, there's no way of us returning to be a part of this family of God anymore. We've lost relationship. And I think all of us can appreciate the relationships even among other humans that is always strained and always so hard to get along and always feels like someone has offended us or we've offended someone even though we didn't mean to. And it's always difficult. This is a result of us losing that relationship with our father. So this is the condition, this is the tension point. We have, we have no way of getting out of our destiny which is destruction. We have no way of doing any good because we are now slaves to freedom. We have no way of re a relationship with God because we have walked away and, and there's just no way back. And that's the tension point, but God still loved us. He didn't want any of us to perish. He wanted all of us to come by. He said, no, no, I made these people special. I made them in my image. I love them above all of the rest of creation. I want to restore that relationship. But he's run into, he runs into, again, his justice. If he's a loving God, he's also just. And he realized that he has to destroy evil, and his creation has become evil, and so he can't just overlook and ignore rebellion. He has to destroy evil. And so he comes up with a plan. The plan is, what if, what if, what if there was a real human being, fully human in every way, who would come live among the people and live perfectly, exactly the way he was designed to live Uh, If there was someone who would come and make the choice over and over again, no matter how many times he was tempted to choose God's way, to choose the right way, to choose the good way. What if we had someone who was a human being, fully, completely human, 100% human in every way and was in perfect relationship with me and continued to lean into that relationship and rely on that relationship? What if there was someone like that? that would willingly and freely pay the price for those who are evil. To to pay that penalty, to, to willingly and freely come and say, all right, I will give my life for everyone else. I will give my life in order that others may live. I will pay the price. I will take the punishment. Lord, destroy me. See, if there was someone like that, if there was someone who was perfect, fully human, fully perfect, and someone who would willingly and freely give their life to take that punishment, to be destroyed, then the rest could be freed. Consider Romans chapter 5. verses 17 and 18, excuse me, 18 and 19. Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, though many will be made righteous." See, this is the economy of God. He says, one man, Adam and Eve, they sinned and the rest of humanity was tainted as a result. But then he says, because of that truth, this is also true, that if one man lived a righteous and perfect life and freely and willingly gave up his life, then that one act of righteousness that is sacrificed for all, it will be attributed to all and all will be saved. And so Jesus showed up. Jesus came and he, he took our place. He was willing to to be a substitute for us, to be destroyed, because we were meant to be destroyed. This was our destiny. He said, no, no, I'm going to live this perfect life. And he does, and he says, I am going to even give my, my life away. I'm going to take the punishment. He receives our destruction so that humanity no longer has a penalty to pay. Jesus took the penalty. Jesus also purchased our freedom. You know, see, we were, we were stuck in our sin. There's no way out because we were slaves. And so Jesus, through his blood shed on the cross, paid the price for our freedom. He, 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 he paid what was needed in order to get us out of slavery. He purchased us out of slavery to sin so that we could be free, so that we would no more be slaves to sin. And Jesus, by his resurrection... Feeds death see up to that point there had never been anyone who rose from the dead now understand now there were some who Jesus you know had risen from the dead right that he came and he healed them and brought them back from the dead but they died again and death was an end there was nothing after death until Jesus showed up and he dies on the cross and then three days later he rises out of the grave he breaks the power of death he opens the way for us for us to enter eternity he, he allows us to no longer have to fear death because, fear is, because death is no longer the end. Amazing work of Jesus. But see, here's the deal. We don't get to access all of that amazing work until we have one important thing. And that important thing, of course, is faith. See, Jesus works to open the door. He, he chose to live as God had designed him. And, and, and it was all grace. Grace. Right? I mean, we didn't deserve it. Jesus didn't look down at us before he came and said, oh boy, these people are certainly worthy of my uh, coming down and dying for. No, we, we, we were sinful and rebels, and he knew that we would even continue to sin after his death and resurrection. But he loved us. It was totally out of grace. He says, you know what? I'm going to show them the greatest uh, expression of love that anyone could ever give. I'm going to come, and I'm going to lay down my life so, how do we access those amazing blessings that come from the work of Jesus? It's through faith. Ephesians 2, 8 9, you've been saved by grace through faith. Question is, what is faith? How is faith exhibited? How do we express faith? Right? What does that mean? And first of all, it means we have to understand that it means belief. We need to believe that we are sinners. And that when Jesus came and died two thousand years ago, he died for my sin. He died because I was destined to go to hell. I was destined to be destroyed. But Jesus came and paid the price for me. He was my substitute. Second, it means surrender. That we bow to Jesus as Lord of our life. See, so often we we think that it's just about believing. You know, if well, you know, you just have to believe. If you believe in Jesus, and that means you're saved. That if you just, you know, have this un- concept that Jesus was a real person who actually lived and that he died some ta- sometime and that, yeah, okay, that was for you know, that was for me, I'm sure, because I'm a sinful too. I'm sinful too, right? Now, it's more than just belief. It also has to have action that comes after that, and that first of all is surrender. That we would say, Jesus is Lord. See, it's not just the belief, but it's also surrender. Jesus, you are Lord of my life. And then finally, it comes down to trust. That we would follow Jesus wherever he leads. See, this is what it means. When he's, if Jesus is Lord, that means he tells us where, how we're going to live. That means that we're going to do the things that he calls us and leads us to. It means that he's in charge. So faith is belief, it's surrender, it's trust. It's like a, a, a high wire act over Niagara Falls. Guy was... Great at this high wire thing, and he put a, a big high wire line across Niagara Falls. And he's walking out and the, over the uh, over Niagara Falls, and he stands in the middle, and and he turns around and he comes back, and the crowd's all going, "Wow, you're amazing!" And then he grabs a wheel wheelbarrow, and he goes out on the wheelbarrow, and he pushes the wheelbarrow out on this, and he's you know doing this thing over the Niagara Falls, and he somehow is able to walk backwards and gets back out, and then he comes to the crowd, and they're all like, "Wow, you're amazing! You're amazing!" And they and he asks the crowd, he says, "Hey, do you guys think I could do that with somebody sitting in the?" wheelbarrow and they'll go yes you could so do that that would be awesome and he says all right who wants to get in (laughs) faith is getting in the wheelbarrow right belief is just going yeah you know yeah you could do that right and so many of us in our we don't have that faith piece we have the belief part yeah we believe Jesus can do it but are we willing to get in the wheelbarrow are we willing to put our life on the line are we willing because it's risky you know God didn't say oh yeah your life's gonna be awesome after you come to Christ, it isn't, there's never going to be any problem. It's just going to be so easy, and you're going to get all these amazing blessings. You're going to get new jobs and a new house and a new car, and it's going to be awesome. No, he didn't say that. He actually said, if they've persecuted me, they're going to persecute you as well. And so it's going to be challenged. It's going to be hard. It's risky. But we need to get in the wheelbarrow. That's what faith is. So what does faith provide for us? It provides justification. We are no longer guilty. Once we make the profession of faith and say, Jesus, you are my Lord, I'm following you wherever you lead, then we get justified. We are no longer guilty for the sin that we've committed. We don't have to worry about the punishment. We, We receive forgiveness. And we are restored to perfection. Restored to the way that we were meant to be, the way that we were created to be. Second, we receive redemption. Our destiny is totally changed. We no longer have to worry about tomorrow. We don't have to worry about judgment. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amazing truth, Romans chapter 5, verse 1. There's no more fear of the future. We are now righteous. We are free to do good things, to, to live the way that God has designed us to live. Beautiful. Second, or third, we also receive the reconciliation of our relationship to God we we restore that relationship with God we're back in the family he accepts us back in we are no longer isolated from him and from our creator and from the family and and from each other see because we're all one in Christ those in the church right we're all one in christ and so there's this connection between us that allows us on friday night we worship together the whole community thousands of us in the civic center on good friday service we're all in one void we're all looking at one cross We've all been saved by the same man jesus so here's the deal choice is ours you see god is a good god he loved us he created us good he created us with freedom he created us in the family. But we, humanity, we, we, we used that choice for, for evil. We made the wrong choices. We did the wrong things. We decided not to live in accordance with the way that God designed us to live. And that put us in a real difficult spot. We were, in, we, we were destined for destruction and deserved it because we crossed over from being his good creation to now evil. We had corrupted what he had made. And then Jesus showed up, gave his life, paid the price for us. Jesus took our sin, freed us from our slavery to sin. He opened up the opportunity for eternity and to no longer be fearful of death. But in order to receive all of those amazing things, it does take a choice. See, Jesus died for everyone. He died for everyone, but, and he rose from the dead for everyone but we have to make the choice see because love still demands that he allows us to have a choice love still demands that he doesn't just force us to receive him doesn't force us to believe in Jesus doesn't force us to surrender to him or to trust him because he is a loving God he still allows us freedom of choice that's what Jesus did on the cross is he opened up the chance for us a second chance for us to decide again who are we going to serve? Who are we going to follow? It's a free choice that we have. And the choice is for those who've never heard. Maybe this is, you're in the room and you've never heard this before. This choice is for you right now. A choice for you to choose to surrender to what Jesus has done for you. To be thankful. To accept that amazing sacrifice. And to choose to live as Jesus is Lord the rest of your life. For those who maybe have heard it many times but have never really chosen, maybe you've been in the church all your life, maybe you think, well, yeah, I've, I've always been a Christian, or maybe you just always kind of thought, you know, well, I always believed in Jesus. But are you really, do you really have faith in Jesus? Have you, have you made that choice that Jesus is Lord of your life? So this choice is for you too. If that's you, if you've never said, you know what, Jesus is Lord, and I'm going to follow him no matter where he leads, then I encourage you to make that choice as well. And then finally, it's for those who may have chosen at one point but then have walked away. Some of us, maybe when we're young, we grow up in the church and we really like what we hear and we make that choice and then life gets complicated and we start to kind of fade away and fall away. I'm not going to debate whether you're still saved or not. That's not the point. The point is this, is that you still have a choice, a choice today to live this day until the next day surrendered to Jesus as Lord. So this choice is for you and I encourage you, if that's you, that you would make that choice what a what, what better day of all of the year than easter to have that be another reason for celebration that this was the day this easter was the day that i gave my life Christ that I said Jesus is Lord of my life and I'm going to live for all eternity following him wherever he leads no matter how uncomfortable it is no matter how challenging it is, no matter what comes my way I am still going to follow Jesus because of what he has done for me the amazing grace of Jesus dying for my sins rising from the dead and allowing me to have the choice to enter eternity with my heavenly father who loves me and created me just for that relationship amen amen Worship team, would you please come forward? This is why we celebrate Easter. Those of us who've chosen, we're, we're thankful for the gift that we've received, and we want to celebrate every year what God has done for us. But here's the other side we celebrate as well because there is still a, an opportunity for those who haven't chosen yet to choose. If that's you, I encourage you to choose this day. We have no idea what tomorrow is going to bring. So choose this day, Jesus, as Lord in your life. And let's continue to celebrate together. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and we'll sing a couple of songs in closing.